Welcome to the Fitbox Podcast. This is your host, Joseph Frankie. Glad you're here listening. On our podcast, we talk about two main things. First and foremost, we interview members of Fitbox so that way you can hear their stories about how they're repaying debt, how they're saving for retirement, buying homes, all this type of stuff really to give you motivation and some different ideas. That's the first thing we talk about. The second thing our podcast do is we take individual finance topics and go through them in more detail. So that way you can say, does this apply to me? And how does this apply to my plan? So if you have questions or you want to sign up for Fitbucks, you can do so in the show notes, fitbucks.com, build your profile, schedule a call. We'll be talking to you soon. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Fitbucks Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Frankie. Uh, we've got a really good episode today. Uh, really, this one's for those of you that are, are still students in school or, or maybe just graduated within the last like year. Um, really good to be talking about investments. Like, where do you even start? Because I get that question all the time. Where, where do I start? What do I do? Um, so that's what we're going to be talking about today. And we're going to be talking about one of my favorite sayings, manage your risk and your return will be there. Um, I'm going to explain what that actually means to you as a new grad. Um, or as a student that's about to graduate. And then I'm also going to talk about like this, you know, this myth kind of thing about investments and, you know, why people would say, hey, you know what Joe's talking about, don't do that because it's going to cost you X amount. I'm going to explain to you what they actually mean and show you why it's a myth. Uh, so with that, let's jump right into the podcast. Um, you know, there, there are some sayings out there, not sayings, but general investment knowledge. So some of you might have like zero finance, zero investment knowledge whatsoever. Some of you may have read some of this stuff or whatnot. But what you have to understand about traditional investment knowledge, okay, common sense that people call it, okay, if you if there is anything as common sense when it comes to investments. Well, what people refer to is purely a lot of times academic. Uh, so a lot of financial professionals they will refer to things like an efficient investment portfolio or, hey, you should be investing early because of compounding returns, you know, all this type of stuff. A lot of it is based on a theory, okay? Now, when these theories came out, they weren't based for you as individual investors, okay? They are really based for people that have a large amount of money or institutions that are managing a big sum of money, okay? They're not meant for financial planning, especially for you younger individuals that don't have any money yet, okay? So we have to think of this from a financial planning standpoint. Now, so that's one of the first things I wanted to touch on, just this background of, you know, this common thoughts, where these common thoughts come from and and generic cookie cutter investment advice come from is from these academic research papers over the last 50, 60 years. But I want you to remember that those things are not meant for you. Those are meant for people that have a lot of money. And I'm not talking about like a couple hundred grand. I'm talking about like millions and millions and tens of millions and hundreds of millions and billions of dollars. Okay. That's where those theories stem from. So why is that so important? Okay. There's a saying that that if you've listened to this podcast, watched our videos, read our blogs, seen me in a workshop, whatever it is that I often say is manage your risk and your return will be there, okay? Give you guys a little bit of background on that, that you guys haven't seen that. I was told at a very young age, 
that too many people focus on returns and they don't worry about risk. They don't even think about risk. And we see this all the time. We see it with investments. People ask me all the time, like, what is the average return on this fund or whatever it is? It's like, yeah, I, I, the, the average return is just half of what you need to look at. What's the risk on this thing, right? Uh, we see it in terms of things like Bitcoin right now. People are like, oh, I can go to the moon and get rich. And they don't think about the downside of these investments, right? Uh, we saw it in things like 2008. People are thinking about, oh, I can get this little tiny monthly payment on a mortgage and get this massive house. And then all of a sudden they get foreclosed on because they didn't think of the downside. So managing your risk means if I focus on, on risk and make sure I alleviate that risk as much as I can, then not only can I get return, but I'm doing better than other people because I'm getting a good return at a lower risk because I protected myself. Okay. So how does this all come into play for investments and all this type of stuff, especially for you new grads? Okay. One of the most common things that people say, and you'll hear me say this too. One of the first things you need to do is get an emergency fund. Okay, so we typically say at a minimum, you know, get at least three months, but you have to look at what's called human capital um, and what's the riskier human capital. Those of you that don't know what that is, it's basically how risky is your income. Okay, um, that will dictate how much money you need in an emergency fund. Uh, this podcast is not about emergency funds. Maybe I'll do another one on that. But and it's not about human capital. I will be doing a lot more podcasts and articles and whatnot on human capital coming up here in the future. But today, that's not what we're talking about. I just wanted to bring up the emergency fund because that's the number one way people talk about reducing risk. Like if something happens to me, I have money in the bank, right? But what about your investments? Okay, so a lot of you are going to be starting things like 401ks and Roth IRAs. Uh, shameless plug, we do do IRAs and Roth IRAs and all that stuff now. So if you guys have that and you want to open up a Roth IRA, like when you graduate or whatnot, just let us know. We can help you do that. Okay. Again, shameless plug. Um, but that's the reality. Like you're going to be getting a job and you're going to have stuff that you have to make an investment decision on with your 401k, right? Or if you do open up a Roth IRA and you want to do it yourself, you got to make investment decisions. Okay. Now, traditional finance theory, this is what I talked about earlier. Okay. These general things that academia comes out with. The general cookie cutter advice, it ignores your human capital, it ignores your student loans, it ignores all these other things about you, will say that you're young, so you should invest aggressively. And what that translates to is taking more risk. But let's just think about this logically. You basically have no money. You probably have student loan debt. And they're telling you to take more risk. That's not managing your risk. That's not man taking more risk, being extremely aggressive and you don't have any money. So logically, you should start asking questions about this general theory of investing really aggressively when you're young. And the theory, the reason why, just some more information on why they say invest aggressively when you're young is two reasons. One, even if the market goes down, you have time to recover. Okay, that's, that's one. So you're reducing the risk of what's called market volatility. Okay. The other reason is because they, they quote compounding returns. Okay. So let's, let's think about this. Let's just say I had $10,000 invested in a 401k. So over the first year that I start working, I get $10,000 into my 401k. Yes, I know that would be aggressively, you know, you're saving pretty aggressively on that to get that $10,000 that first year. Maybe if you don't think that's realistic, maybe you say over two years to get that. Okay. 
Now in this example, I'm just gonna say, whenever time period, I, I get $10,000 into my 401k and I have that. And in this example, I have $10,000 and I have 30 years until I retire. Let's just say I get a 5% a, a return on average over time. Um, what would my money, that $10,000 be in 30 years? Okay, it would be about $43,219. So again, I'm gonna repeat that as this example. If I have $10,000 and I invest that over the next 30 years until I retire, okay, and I just keep reinvesting it, reinvesting it, reinvesting it, and I earn 5% on my money, that means in, in 30 years, I'd have $43,219, okay? Fantastic, awesome, I have money. But let's think of another situation. 2008 happens, okay? Now, that was an extreme shock to the economy with the mortgage crisis. Another extreme shock was COVID. Another extreme, extreme shock was the dot-com bust, so on and so forth. But I'm just gonna use the mortgage crisis uh, in 2008, 2009 to highlight this. Let's just say I had that $10,000 invested and I lost my job because when there's economic situations where there's economic contraction, typically unemployment goes up. So if I lose my job, I'm out of work. I don't have an income. Now, if there's an economic shock, probability says that the stock market is also going to go down. And if you were aggressively invested, in 2008 and 2009, and like mid-cap and small-cap type of stocks, that type of stuff. Again, if you guys don't know what mid-cap and small-cap is, don't worry about it for this podcast. Like, you don't need to know about this. But if you're invested aggressively in those type of investments, which, by the way, for your 401ks, if you do the default investment allocation, that's probably what it's going to be aggressively invested into. Okay? So if you just use that default setting when you open up your 401k, in 2008, 2009, your $10,000 probably went down to about 5,000, okay? So, here you are, you just might have lost your job, you have no income, and the only money you had just went from $10,000 down to $5,000. Now, do you think you could have possibly used that $5,000 that you just lost in the stock market? At that point, yeah, you, you might have to use it. Yes, I know you don't want to withdraw money out of your 401k early because there's penalties, yada, yada, yada. But if you lost your job and that's the only money you have, guess what? You're going to want that money. Okay. So the investment advice of managing your risk and your return will be there is when you first graduate, try to get five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 in your investment account first before you start aggressively investing it, okay? Now, those of you that are sitting there saying, well, what about compounding returns? Again, going back to my previous example, I have $10,000 and I invested that for 30 years at 5%, it would be $43,219. Now, let's just say it took me one year to get that $10,000. And now, I have that $10,000 and I didn't invest it aggressively the first year. I just did conservative investments. So in essence, I don't have 30 years to let it compound. I only have 29 because after I hit that amount and I'm safe and I have a decent amount of money in there, I basically lost a year of compounding. 
So instead of investing for 30 years and earning 5% return on that $10,000, maybe it's only I invest 29 years. Well, if I earn that same return over those 29 years, that $10,000 grows to $41,161. So basically by like leaving my account conservative and losing one year of compounding returns, over 30 years, it cost me $2,000. $2,000, that's it. If $2,000 is making or breaking your retirement 30 years down the road from now, then something else is wrong with your your retirement plan, okay? Like $2,000 is not gonna make or break you 30 years from now. Now, what will break you, what can get you into a bad situation is if you invested that $10,000 aggressively, the stock market crashed, you lost your job, you only have $5,000 now, and because you don't have that other money, maybe you have to start taking out credit card debt. That's what will break you. That's what will set you behind now because now you're paying 20% interest rates on your credit card. Okay. Now, a lot of you might be looking at this saying, well, I'm in a stable industry. I'm in, I'm an OT, I'm a PA, I'm a PT, whatever it is. Okay. Well, guess what? That didn't save you when COVID hit. Okay. I know a lot of new grads that graduated at the end of 2019, uh, in December, 2019 or May of 2019, um, that weren't saving or they did save and they used the cookie cutter 401ks, right? And then March of 2019 or 2020 happened when COVID hit and they all got furloughed. Oh, they got laid off, a lot of them. Right when the market was crashing 30%. Well, guess what? That 30%, you might've wanted that just in case some shit happened, right? Like if you did lose your job, because we saw a massive spike in health healthcare services, for example. I think healthcare services, I can't remember off the top of my head, Unemployment rate was something like 13 or 14 percent when COVID hit. So a lot of people were getting laid off in the healthcare industries that are traditionally stable. Now most of those have got hired back. I I get that, but we didn't know how long you were going to be without income. We didn't know how long you were going to have to live off that savings that you had. So the the theory of managing your risk versus return. Going back to my two examples, okay. You have situation A, everything. Ha great happens. There's never a recession. You never lose your money. Great. Okay. Versus, hey, some shit does happen. And I do lose my job. Okay. If you invest conservatively when you first gra uh, graduate, again, and you focus on managing your risk, your investments should be about managing risk when you graduate, not managing your investment portfolio for long-term, not for long-run returns. You should be managing risk in the short run first, okay? If you focus on that, if the market tanks, you might save yourself three, four, five grand that are probably more important to you than potentially losing $2,000 30 years from now. Okay, five grand today is worth a lot more than $2,000 in the future. I'll tell you that much right now. Okay, the sum that up when you first graduate, your investments are not looking for the long run. Your money and your plan, your financial plan and your savings is the first protect risk. Essentially, and most importantly, short term risk. Because when you're investing the way traditional academia tells you to invest for the long run, you're trying to reduce long run risk 
of running out of money in retirement. You got to get there first. And if you don't protect your short-term risk, you might not ever get there. And that is why we see so many people that are 45, 50, 60, 70 years old that are extremely far behind in their retirement. I mean, there's something, there's a statistic out there. It's less than 75% of people in this country have 400 grand like saved. You don't have 400 grand saved and you're in retirement age, you're not even gonna be close to being able to retire, okay? And the reason being is because they never managed their risk in the short run. They kept saying, well, I had this happen, I have that happen, I have this happen. They couldn't have the ability to save, and then if they had the ability to save, they didn't have the discipline to do it, okay? That's, that's a whole different podcast there. Again, big takeaway from this, if you're a student or you just graduated, typically I would say, you know, you get your emergency fund first, and then your first five to ten thousand dollars that you start investing in your four hundred one k or your Roth IRA. Personally, I would leave it conservative and get that base there, get that good footing underneath you. That if something did happen in the short run, you have managed your risk and you know that your money's going to be there. Okay, because in my opinion, it's not worth the risk for the long run return of investing it extremely aggressive in the short run. Now, once you have the money and you built up, you know, a, a sizable chunk of money, like, you know, between your uh, emergency fund and investments, maybe it's 15, 20 grand, 10 to 20 grand in that range. Yeah, okay, now with your 401k, start making it more aggressive. With your Roth IRA, make it more aggressive. If you have the willingness to make it more aggressive, that's fine. But when you're first starting out, I would make it, more conservative. And the reason why that's so important because a lot of you will go into a 401k with and just select the default uh, investment criteria. And I think it's something like 90% of people going into 401k, they just go into the default uh, allocation that the 401k selects for them. That default allocation is extremely aggressive for most of you in your 20s that are just graduating. Even in your young 30s, it's going to be extremely aggressive that default allocation. Okay, so maybe you go in there and you make it more conservative and you wait till you have that ten to fifteen thousand dollars between your emergency fund and your 401k, and then you switch it to that target date fund or you make it more aggressive yourself or so on and so forth. So again, that is the podcast today. Manage your risk and your return will be there. What that does that mean in terms of investments for students and new grads? I highly recommend trying to be a little bit more conservative when you first graduate get that base of money underneath you first so that way in case some shit happens you're prepared if it doesn't happen great go out and invest it all right you guys have questions you need help uh we are rolling out a new financial planning software coming up that deals more than just with student loans it deals with, with all this stuff we can actually customize like an entire plan for you now with our fitbucks financial planning technology you can track the entire thing right on your fitbucks profile so if you guys need help with any of that stuff let us know while we are around and we'll be talking to you soon. See you later.